This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, hello and welcome to the Blueprint Review Podcast, uh, episode 47. Yeah, we're approaching 50. It's going to be cool. Although How I've... many years have we been doing this now? Oh, years. Uh, not 50. <laughs> oh, I don't know, actually. I like to say three, but I'm maybe more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Do, do these include our specials, like a pa- the can ones and stuff? No, they don't, actually. I think, yeah, I think we mentioned that before. So it's just, just the sort of standard ones. Um <laughs> So no, yeah, we, we've we've already reached fifty then a little while ago, but because um. that's the thing, Dave. This past weekend, the final weekend of Cannes, we're usually wrapping up talking mm. about twenty films. Not this year. No, sad times. Devastating. Yeah, Instead, it's just the two of us chatting about three films, <laughs> even though that's, even though we haven't, yeah, even though we haven't done the podcast for a month, um, which is bad. We said we'd do it in two weeks. Although to be fair, it's um, it's not been quite a month and. And we have done it quicker than we we did previously. And, and there's not been much out. It's been pretty poor, I think, hasn't it? Like it's yeah. it's, it's always that kind of post awards, kind of post summer blockbuster sort of thing, heading into the second wave of the summer when all the kids' films come yeah. out for the holidays and stuff. It's like, and there's always a bit of a lull now. Yeah, and well, we did have a couple of big big tentpole ones, but I guess people have been avoiding them maybe because there was the Avengers, and I think a lot of films are just kind of scared of that. And uh, um, but there've been a few big ones. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple of big ones um, in a minute. But um, yeah, I guess I guess they're still still building up for the school holidays and stuff to start when the summer really kicks in. Yeah, exactly. But um, I just say, I mean, unless there's a trailer you're particularly bothered about, I just say let's just get straight into what we've been watching. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't really seen any memorable trailers for a while. There's a couple. Like pan and stuff of bigger name films, but they don't really interest me that much. So, yeah, no, let's just do it. Um, so I, I tell you what, I'll kick things off with Big Game because that came out a little while ago. Um, so um, yeah, I'll get that get that one out of the way. And you didn't see that, but um, right, Big Game. So uh, it is the latest film from the guy who did uh, Rare Xbox. Um, I'm just gonna see what his name is. <laughs> Yalmarie Helen. It's a good film. Yeah, yeah, great film, Yalmarie Helander. So I was, uh, if I pronounced it right, Anna's sat next to me. But um, it's, uh, yeah. Is she shaking I, her head or is she? Uh, no, she gave me a thumbs up, so I, I think oh, I'm oh, thinking okay. good. Um, but so, so, yeah, I was I was very excited about this. I liked Rare Xbox a lot. And uh, being a sort of honorary Finn, I guess, uh, uh, it's my duty to watch anything remotely finished <laughs> that comes out in cinemas. So uh, uh, we had to go and see it. In fact, um Anna came with me, which has been rare these days with the with our little one. Um, so uh, yeah, we went to the cinema together, got a babysitter in, and uh, and checked it out. When you um, babysitter, you mean your mum? Yeah, my mum. <laughs> was it your mum? <laughs> it was my mum. <laughs> she is just the babysitter now. Um, but no, yeah, uh, yeah. So big game. What it's about? Uh, it's about the president, who's played by Samuel Jackson, is uh, flying across. Uh, Europe, I think um, he's on his way to Russia or, or leaving Russia. Oh, is he actually going to Finland? I can't remember now. Yeah, no, he's actually going to Finland. Yeah, they're flying to Helsinki, and um, basically his plane gets shot down by uh, an evil sort of terrorist 
dude. Dude, did I read that? And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and the plane crashes in uh, northern Finland, which doesn't make sense when you listen to some of the dialogue because it's way, way, way too far away from Helsinki. But anyway, um, crash. Right. <laughs> but he, um, he, they crash in northern Finland. Um, uh, but in northern Finland, we come across a, a young boy uh, who we met earlier. Uh, oh, I didn't write the young boy's name now. I've got the name of the actor. It's um, Onni Tommela, who's uh, who's actually one of the, he was actually in Rare Exports. He's the main kid in Rare Exports, uh, and he's also the uh, son, real life son, of uh, of the actor who plays his dad in both films. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a father and son team. And um, yeah, so um, Onni Tommela, he's he is um, he's in the sort of wilderness in northern Finland on his own. Um, because it's kind of like this rite of passage when he turned 13 in the sort of people, the, the people, the sort of village he lives in in Lapland. It's a rite of passage where a, a boy becomes a man. Um, he has to be left alone in the woods and he has to come back uh, having killed something, basically. He has to have hunted down and killed something. Um, so he's he's out in the wilderness trying to do this. Um, and you have a little scene earlier on where you realise that he's a bit of a weedy sort of kid. He doesn't really have any hunting skills. He's... Um, He's a little bit useless, but he's determined to sort of uh, be a man for his dad, um, who's who thinks a lot of him. And um, yeah, so what happens is he, instead of coming across like a, a stag or whatever, he comes across Samuel Jackson's crashed like escape pod from Air Force One, and uh, and he takes it upon himself to help uh, the president. Uh, get to safety, get him, escape the terrorists, and get out of the woods, and uh, and uh, yeah, get back home. And that's basically it. We've got these terrorists and this dodgy inside job guy um, trying to hunt down Samuel Jackson, and this little boy's trying to help stop them. Cool. So yeah, that's that's a big game. And yeah, what did I think of it? Um, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's. I was a little disappointed in terms of comparing it to Rare Exports. Because it's 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 not as original. Um, it's it's very much kind of uh, paying homage to uh, a lot of cheesy sort of eighties and nineties blockbusters, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but in doing so, it 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 properly sort of uh, it it properly goes for that sort of style. So it's got a very silly concept. Uh, it's quite simple. Um, it's a very very silly, <laughs> um, but it, it's it's not ashamed of that, and it doesn't try to be anything else, which is, I really enjoyed. But at the same time, it kind of keeps the film um, quite slight, and it's not something that really blew me away. I think Rare Exports really caught me by surprise, and it was amazing. Whereas this is just fun and a bit silly, um, but it's definitely very solid. Uh, it's kind of well paced. The the young lad um, is very good. Samuel Jackson wasn't quite as good. It didn't feel like he was in on the joke quite as much. I think he felt it was more like, oh, here's another dodgy movie that I'm going to do just for a bit of a paycheck. I, d- I didn't quite feel he was in on the joke, if you know what I mean. Uh, okay. But everyone else else did. Like the tone, as I say, it it just it really goes for that kind of cheesy 80s tone where it mixes. It's kind of a mixture of the sort of, the sort of uh, the, there were quite a lot of these sort of family friendly sort of kid or teen blockbusters in the eighties, like Flight of the Navigator and the Goonies and stuff like that. It's kind of got that tone, but mixed with more of like the uh, Van Damme sort of uh, uh, Die Hard sort of uh, 
well, that is a bit classier, but more the trashier sort of 80s, 90s um, action movie as well. So it kind of mixes the two together, which is a bit of an odd mix. So it doesn't feel exactly like one or the other. It's kind of a lot more action-y than stuff like The Goonies. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a, a lot sillier than and and a bit more jokey than some of the uh, sort of uh, proper action movies like, I don't know, Passenger 57 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's good fun, but it's it's definitely purely for people who kind of like that type of thing. It doesn't really offer that much more or that much sort of originality that, like, Rare Exports did or something like that. So if you're willing to kind of, like, switch off a bit, it's good fun. Um, another bit that slightly disappointed was some of the set pieces, I think, were a little bit disappointing. Like, some of the um, compositing, like, like the green screening and stuff, was a little bit ropey. Um but it still has a lot of energy and a lot of pace, so it kind of still works, even though it doesn't have that many big epic set pieces. It just works on its own kind of fun energy that just kind of just carries on throughout. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's it's not done very well. It's quite sad to say it was a shame. I, I kind of really wanted it to do do better than it did, but it kind of came and went in the UK and presumably in the US too. I'm not sure if it's out there yet, but um, which is a shame because it seems to be picking up word of mouth um at festivals and stuff like that. It played at TIFF. But um, I think since the sort of mainstream critics have kind of haven't been that keen on it, I think it got two stars in Empire of Soul the other day. But but I, I think it's good fun. I think if if, if you like those kind of uh, 80s, 90s sort of uh, fun blockbusters, I think I think you're in for a treat. But it's 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 not amazing. I, I'll say that. It's, it's just kind of solid, good fun. Fair enough. I mean, I've heard a point I was, I was interested to know what you thought I'm, like, I'm not seeing it so I don't know if that's why I'm asking but um, it was almost like it sort of sat in between two camps and it's, it's successful in neither because of it where it's like a sort of like a boys adventure film and then also like an 80s action film so it and it does in in terms of like the age rating in terms of the age it's going for it sort of sits in between the two like it's almost a bit too much for kids but it's not it's a bit too tame for adults who, who want like an action film that gives you all that kind of you know what you know kind of violence and or whatever you expect but is that right or is that yeah i'd probably agree with that i'd probably agree with that yeah it's it it does kind of like in trying to hit both of those those sort of things it 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 is it, 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 i think it's probably why it struggled to kind of find an audience because of that because it's kind of aiming at two different spectrums and they don't quite gel yeah yeah i'd agree with that because because as i say set piece wise it, it it's never massively violent because it's a, it's got this kiddie sort of slant, but at the same time, I think it was a fifteen, probably. So again, you're going to lose those sort of young younger audience. Yeah. Maybe yeah. on DVD or something. I think I think teenagers would love this. So I think if when if I when I was, I don't know, twelve years old, or whatever, I'd, I'd love it. But obviously, I wouldn't be able to go and see it at the cinema. Um. I thought, well, it might have, it might not have been a fifteen. I can't remember. But um. So yeah, I, I would kind of agree with that. But but I do think I do think sort of a teenage boys and stuff would will will lap it up. But I think maybe the older generation, I guess, like you say, who maybe are expecting more of a big, um, over the top, more violent sort of action movie, I think would probably be be a bit disappointed. Fair enough, fair enough. Um shall I chat about because obviously there's a film that we've both seen, which is Mad Max. Yeah. Which is, shall I chat about the film that I've seen that you've not, the one I've literally just come out of the cinema of seeing. Yeah, yeah, may as well. Try not to spoil it too much. <laughs> Because I do yeah, want to see I guess it. Although so, I don't know yeah. when I don't know when I'm going to get a chance because I'm about to go on holiday. Um, so um, maybe when I get back, if it's still knocking around. 
I mean, I'd imagine it would be, but it isn't doing amazingly well, is no, it? So it's you never not doing know. Great. No, but um, okay. So obviously, I've just seen Tomorrowland. Um, it's weird because I've because I've just come out to see it, and I haven't had any time to sort of reflect on it really. But um, so as a general premise, without ruining anything, um, the we're introduced to a character. Well, actually, we're, first character we're introduced to is George Clooney's character, and he's telling a story um, with an unknown female voice um, about the future and about technology and about where they've been. And so he's sort of like telling the story of the past. Um, and about when he grew up and he, him as a boy. And as a boy, he was uh, wanted to be an inventor and he wanted to create this rocket park and he went to the World... world what's it called? The World Fair? Where, the, where yeah, they're trying Fair. to build... Yeah, the World Fair. And he... And it's about him getting sucked into this... Part, you know, this other, other dimension or other world or whatever you want to call it, called Tomorrowland. And then... So that's like a little bit of an introduction. And then we get introduced to the main character of the piece, really, um, a girl called Casey. She's like a teenager. And she's obsessed with space and science. And and her father works for NASA. And she's up, and she's trying to save NASA with one of the platforms is getting done. And she gets... And then she gets... There's this thing called a pin. You've probably seen it in the trailer. The T-pin, yeah. the Tomorrowland pin. George Clooney. We saw it in George Clooney's story at the very beginning of the film. And, and obviously, as you've seen in the trailers, she gets this pin as well, where she gets... You know, she gets to see Tomorrowland and wants to go there. And with the aid of this little girl um, called Athena, she is then led to George Clooney, who is the person who will then take her to Tomorrowland. And there's some sort of, you know, she's not kind of embroiled in it, but they definitely want her to be because they feel like she could be someone to save an impending doom of sorts, but you don't know what that means. And she doesn't know what that is. And that's part of the journey, I suppose. What are they talking about? What is Tomorrowland? Where is it? How do you get there? And what is, why do they need her? So that's the sort of general premise of it. Um, What, and it's tricky to do that without sort of giving anything away. Um, What do I think of it? Um, It's weird. Because obviously now it's been out and it hasn't been getting great reviews. It hasn't done that well. Some people really love it. Some people are like, oh my. some good reviews. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit all over the place. And I was, before I went in, I was thinking, I think I'm going to be one of the extremes. I think I'm either going to, I think it's aiming for something and I'm either going to tap into it and think it's amazing and love it and buy into it and be and think it's incredible or I'm going to, it's going to miss the mark and it's going to be fucking excruciatingly bad. But actually it was neither of those. It was oh. like, <laughs> I was just a bit like, yeah, it's all right. I think that's it. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, there's a lot to like about it, and there's a lot to not like. Well, no, actually, that's not true. So, actually, I'm going to be more positive than that, than that implies. There is a lot to like about it. There is a lot to admire about it. This, in my opinion, there's not loads to dislike. In all honesty, I think it, it just it could probably just be a bit better across the board. So, I think. I mean, as always with these things, you know, the most important thing is the story. And I think that is the weakest aspect of this. I think the ideas behind it are really great. I think they're really interesting. It's really ambitious and it's really inventive. And the imagination involved is great. But the actual story, what happens, what's, you know, what's at stake, how it plays it plays out. It's just a bit, it's not that exciting. It's It's never thrilling. It's never that exciting. It's, you know, like I say, the ideas are quite interesting and you're always eager to find out where it goes, but it never really surprises you. It never really shocks you. It doesn't thrill you. It doesn't delight you. It doesn't It doesn't fill you with any extreme emotion. You watch it, it's pleasant and it's nice. You cringe quite a lot through it, I suppose, but it, it never re- reaches any heights 
other than the general premise, if that makes sense. So I think the, the reason why I'm not more positive about it is because it could just be a lot more than it, than it actually is. The kind of, you know, the yeah. writing, it's not brilliantly written. And obviously Lindelof gets a lot of stick and you can so I don't know, you can see why, you can see why. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a bit like, like I say, because, because it's a bit cringy at times as well. It's, it's very, it, it ends up becoming very preachy. Yeah. In a really, it's not, it is a bit sickly. It is a bit sickly. It gets preachy in quite a sickly, eye-rolly way. But the kind of essence of, of, of its ideas and what it's saying, I quite like. I think it's quite sweet and I actually really like it. And I think it ends, the ending message, not like the final third message, that, that's the preachy bit, but the very, literally the end, you know, kind of, you know, I kind of like, I like it. I like what it's trying to do. I like the heart behind it. I like the thought behind it. But I just don't think, I think ultimately the the writing cannot fulfill any of it. It doesn't really hmm. take it to its limits, and well, not even close actually. It's just some great ideas. It's it's all fine. There's some really nice sequences in it. The all the acting, you know, the kind of characters are really strong, and but it just doesn't go further than pretty good. Yeah, if that makes you know. So so it's a, it's, a, it's a bit disappointing, but it's not. I mean, yeah, but ultimately it's. It's it's a good film and you've got to admire it, I think, and that's the thing. And it is a new, it's a, an original idea, and and ultimately, I think I was kind of left thinking, yeah, thinking, you know, it's impressive. You know, I, I admire films like that. It's like in a way, after when I watched Interstellar, it's like to be honest, it's a pretty poor film, but the ideas are so good and they're so strong. It's so ambitious with it. You've got to sort of admire it. It's still more interesting than most blockbusters you see. Yeah. So in that regard, this is the same. It's still more interesting than most other blockbusters you'll see. It's just not executed amazingly. Yeah. But more in the writing. It's directed really well and it looks really nice. And, it, and most things about it are great. It's just, I think, yeah, I think it's just that script. It's just that story. It just doesn't quite take you there. I mean, it doesn't quite articulate its ideas intelligently enough and also classily enough. And in terms of, you know, it's just a bit cringeworthy. Like, oh, really? Really? Are you saying this? Mm. Are you monologuing like this? Are you really doing this? But um, but yeah, there were yeah, but ultimately, I was yeah, I, I, I was positive about it. I was positive. So I didn't ruin anything, did I? I was trying to. I was no, no, not really. Anything, you just kind of yeah, just what you said, just kind of fitted in with what I'd seen from the trailer, really, and, and uh, stuff like that. Okay. I saw what was it? I want to say Jonathan Ross, but it wasn't uh, Graham Norton. They were interviewing three of the stars, and uh, they kind of said gave about a similar amount of the plot away so um yeah no. okay yeah cool. so, well, okay it sounds sounds like it's yeah I, I i'm still interested in seeing it then but um sounds like it, i shouldn't get my hopes up too high <laughs> yeah and i think that's absolutely fine and uh, you know i think you'd have to because some people are really down on it. i think you have to be a really cynical bastard to be really negative about yeah. it <laughs> I, think, yeah. I haven't seen yeah, many think, mega yeah. negative ones but yeah there's been quite a few lukewarm and semi-decent ones but yeah yeah, but um, we have both seen. I actually don't know what you think of this film. Oh right, did you not read? Did you not read the Blueprint blog? <laughs> but, uh... No. Cool. Did oh. I? No. Maybe no, not. I never. I, I don't know. I put um, a bizarrely um... overly long review because I just copied and pasted it from from what first was going to be a podcast notes and ended up sticking it on Letterboxd randomly. But um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, I, so I don't know what you think. Um, 
So why don't you, because I've, I've been chatting about Tomorrowland, so why don't you start us off then? Why don't you tell us yeah. what it's about? Yeah, Okay, cool. Well, Mad Max Fury Road, um, it is about, uh, well, I'll say it's about Mad Max, but it isn't really, but we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, basically, uh, it's, it's obviously the fourth Mad Max film, and... Uh, Mad Max is, uh, although it kind of doesn't really tie in with the other ones, it's kind of like a, almost like a reimagining, but it doesn't doesn't really, yeah. But it doesn't have that origin story at all like the first one, so I guess it kind of is, is still a sequel. Um, it's not clear. But yeah, basically, Mad Max is basically just trying to survive in, out in this apoc- post-apocalyptic wasteland um, where everyone drives around in these crazy cars, uh, like in the second and third films, more than the first one. And... Um, he gets captured and uh, he because he's kind of like he's considered uh, I don't know what the word they use for them but basically like an, an outlander I guess is what I might call them is, is, is someone living in the wasteland whereas everyone else is kind of it's almost quite tribal they're living in these sort of areas and there's mainly most of the people seem to live in this huge um, I should have written down the names of all these places but in in this kind of um, I don't know what to, whether it's called a town or what. It's not really like a town. It's this. It's this. Well, they call it the citadel. The citadel. That's the one. I'm crap with remembering the names. But yeah, um, most people seem to live in this citadel, and 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 Mad Max is taken back to the citadel and kind of imprisoned. And but he's actually used. Um, they use his blood because um, uh, the people that live there, uh, a lot of them are obviously sick from. I, get, I imagine it's fallout from whatever caused this apocalypse and. Uh, and 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 also because of a lack of water and food and things like that, so people are dying. So they see Max is a healthy sort of outlander, and they they string him up, and he's used as a blood bag, <laughs> basically to uh, to give some fresh blood to Nicholas Holtz. Is it? It is Nicholas Holtz, isn't it? Yeah, Nicholas Holtz's yeah. character. Um, and and anyway, that happens at the beginning. And uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, Charlie's Theron, who plays is it Furiosa? Something yeah, like, yeah, something like what a name. <laughs> yeah, uh, she is uh, sent out uh, with some sort of kind of goon helpers in this giant sort of tanker to go and uh, I guess they off to they get off to off to get petrol and ammunition or something like that. I can't remember. They're off to get supplies basically for the citadel, and, and they're sent by the she's sent by their sort of big leader. Um, Oh, again, I can't remember his name. I'm shit at remembering names. Uh, but yeah, this is the, basically the, the film's bad guy. Sends her off. Um, but you quickly discover, um, because she basically she goes off in the wrong direction, uh, that she's got a, a mission of her own. And, and the film kind of really becomes about her uh, mission. And, and what's happening is she's, she's got stowed away in the in the truck that she's driving. Um, and she's got Immortal Joe, that's it. Immortal Joe, yeah, that's it. But yeah, um, she, she's got... Um, a, a group of of breeders they're called it's basically very attractive sort of young women who've been kept away from the rest of the sort of scum by immortal joe um as as breeders obviously um so that he can cre- he's trying to create a morton joe. Oh, okay yeah but, so but he, he he's he's using them as breeders to try and create a sort of a healthy uh healthy child um because obviously the world is dying and and it's 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 difficult to conceive. It's difficult to have healthy children. And, and basically, she steals these women away um, to give to sort of give them hope of a better life. Because she she believes uh, 
there's something else better out there from that she remembers from her childhood. And that's pretty much it. The rest of the uh, oh, and, and and basically Mad Max ends up uh, on the truck after a series of crazy car chases and things. He ends up with them and kind of at the start he isn't really helping them and the film kind of in terms of Mad Max's side of things his role is is deciding whether he wants to actually help them or not because he kind of isn't really helping them at the start he's just helping himself and that's pretty much it I mean the rest of the film is just one long chase chase scene um from from that that kind of point um yeah what do I think about it I absolutely fucking loved Mad Max I thought it was amazing Uh, yeah, shocking. No, it, it's incredible. I mean, the it's weird. It's like when I think about it, thinking about it afterwards. I mean, I still love it, but it's one of those films where I I, I feel as though people could pick it apart if they wanted to, um, and I guess some people have. Although most of the reviews have been insanely positive for it, but as a sort of a, it kind of in a way it reminded me of um, even though it's a very different film, but it kind of reminded me of Gravity. It's like this year's Gravity in terms of. Uh, the plot is quite th- sort of th- threadbare, um, but it's solid enough and it's delivered just in nice sort of short little bursts enough um, for there to be something there for you to kind of w- w- care about and follow along. But instead, the film kind of just really sails on its on it, just as sheer spectacle and just sheer like. I think in your haiku review i'm gonna steal i'm gonna steal your words before even token but i think you know haiku review called it like pure cinema but that is what it is it's just it is using cinema as a medium to just create something like awe-inspiring and just insanely sort of exciting and it's it's just it's 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 almost tiring it's that like it's that like intense and and that's why i loved it i mean it's it's just it was just it's one of these films where I, i keep i keep saying i went to watch it with my brother and and just almost as soon as I'd gone out, I was like, I really want to see it again. <laughs> it's like I'm desperate to go to the cinema and watch it again because uh, it, it was just it was just so much fun. I mean, as I say, the, the only things you could maybe say against it is is the only thing I f- think it might have lacked a little of is maybe stakes. Like the stakes didn't seem crazily high all the time. It's I, I don't know. It's, it, 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 even I guess I guess they are, but it was weird. It kind of you didn't always. It just kind of sometimes felt a bit like it was just chase for chase's sake, um, but there there are the stakes there. I mean, obviously, it's uh, uh, these women aren't. Uh, well, I was going to say not being treated, yeah, being kept as slaves, pretty much, um, even though they've been uh, on the surface treated well because they're like kept as beautiful as possible, but really they've just been chained up and like um, they have these crazy sort of um, chastity belt things on and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, you you could say yeah, there's not a lot of story to it, but I don't think it matters. I think it works, it, and and what there's enough there to sort of keep you engaged and uh, and and on side. But overall, I just loved it. It's got this kind of awesome feel to it as well. It's kind of it feels like, in terms of like the setting and the plot and the production design, feels like a really a, like a big dumb eighties action movie. Really, it feels like a it feels it feels like a product of of the past but at the same time they use techniques and and uh that that uh well they rival anything out these days it's kind of in terms of delivering something genuinely exciting and genuinely spectacular even though it has like um in terms of the kind of look of it sometimes this crazy sort of weird sort of rock <laughs> like 80s rock 
feel to it all. It's 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 just mad. It's nuts. It's uh yeah. I loved it. I really loved it. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can, I mean, can add to it, really. I think I've just, just, I suppose I just kind of agree with a lot of what you say. I think it just, it just kind of makes all these decisions and just fucking nails every single one of them. It is just like the kind of story. It's simple. It's stripped down. It is bare, but it's sort of perfect for what it is. It's yeah. like, and then you know, in t- the, the characterization is is amazing. Even within the kind of goons, even within them, there's sort of very, you know, everything's played to the extremes, and it's just ma- it's just so almost preposterous in how it does it. But it just sort of like it just manages to sort of like bring it all together. So like everything is just dialed up to insane amounts. Even the names, you know, like Furiosa and, yeah. and Morton Joe, and yeah. well, even Mad Max. I in, suppose, but in it, the wrong hands, it could be awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's just like he makes these decisions. It's just like right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna just. I'm gonna make a film which is gonna be like a ninety percent chase. One, you know, a chase scene. Mm. I'm gonna have these characters with all these fucking crazy names and all these massive personalities, and I'm gonna have this. You know, this guy who's, you know, kicking a guitarist with, fl- with a flamethrower <laughs> on it. And, you know, all going to have these guys on these stilts kind of bending in and out and going in. And it's just like, it's just like the, the kind of most insane sort of characters and ideas and characterization you can think of within this sort of like really bare, raw, stripped down story. And it, and it just worked. The casting was brilliant. Charlie Swan is amazing. And I, I, you hinted at it before. Like you said, it's yeah. not really about Mad Max. And I kind of agree. It is kind of her story. Yeah. Isn't it? It's and like even Mad that, Maxine, I think some people have said, have called it. Yeah, and it's just, but it's just brilliant. But, you know, even just things like, like, it doesn't feel the need to kind of, you know, because the, the story is stripped back, it doesn't feel the need to give everyone these kind of crazy backstories and explain no. anything. And it's just like, gives you the bare minimum information every single step of the way. But that is just more, you know, and that's it. It doesn't get bogged down with anything. It just wants to be this, like, an experience. And, like, it's a film that you have to watch in a cinema. Oh, you yeah. just have to watch it because it's just massive. It's spectacular. It sounds amazing. It looks amazing. And then, you know, and it just, I, I thought it was just, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, I didn't really, you know, I pick every film apart. But for me, I always just say, like, a film... Should, you know, should just achieve what it sets out to achieve, however yeah. big or small or intricate or simple that is. As long as you kind of you do what you set out to do, then that is all you can do in a sense. And I, and I think for me, what, what irritates me about films is when they fail in that that premise or that world they create. And this guy's created this fucking crazy world, and he's made you believe in it. And yeah. and although you are sort of laughing at it, but you, from, you, you're still sort of excited by it, thrilled by it, and at times not literally terrified by it, but you sort of, you know, you kind of feel the, the sort of intensity of it. It's not like although it is funny, but it doesn't. It's it's not it's not silly. You're not like you're right. sort of like laughing with it. I think then not rather than laughing at it. And you you know for me anyway, I was definitely caught up with the film from yeah. from beginning to end. You know, and and when again every time the guitarist came up, you know, it was amazing. And, <laughs> yeah, and, awesome. and every time a new kind of it's like a video game in a sense. Like when those kind of guy, I love those guys on the sticks and they're like bending yeah, in and yeah. bending out. And it's just like it's just brilliant. It's just like the kind of insanity is just ramped up, but it felt believable. Everything about it. Not literally believable, as in like it could happen, but within the world he created, yeah. it fit and it worked. And I was like, yeah, this is, you know, it, it, I can imagine this. Yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, definitely, I agree. I think, I think as well. Like, um, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I imagine a lot of it, and I, from what I've heard, I think a lot of it is kind of done for real as well. And although yeah. everything is utterly ridiculous, it's like at the same time 
the way the action is directed and the way it's been shot and stuff like that, it's it's just got that enough enough of a level of believability. Like although like the characters like risk their lives in crazy situations, they never really defy physics too much. It's like um, you you see people really getting hurt and they're not like leaping like stupid distances and anything like that or making ridiculous shots or anything like that. It's yeah. it kind of it kind of has just that level, just enough of a level of believability and kind of yeah. real physics within and this. And there's not loads absurdity. of CG flying around either. No. It feels yeah, so much know, is done for real. Yeah. yeah, and you feel like you can touch it. And a lot of the time you're thinking, you know, how the fuck did they do this? How, yeah. You know, I'm desperate to sort of like watch sort of making of and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Because it's yeah. like, how? The level of sort of like orchestration and film, it must, I can't even, yeah. can't even imagine it. And the thing and is, I can say when they do use CGI, it's 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 just to it's 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 only kind of used when you need to. I guess it's like the the um, uh, the dust storm. It's made to the yeah. and it works. It's just but it made, looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. It's, it's it's used when necessary and used to enhance. And it's uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, but it's not used as a cheap, a quick and easy way to do an effect that you could do anyway. It's only yeah, no. it's you know if they could do if the, you can do it, they did it. You know, they actually did it, and you can just, you can tell that. But I mean, yeah, like you say, the stuff they couldn't do, or the stuff they just needed to kind of pump out, or to kind of help the edit, or help the image, or whatever, then they did it. But it, yeah, it was just kind of, it was just quite spectacular. I mean, more so when you think this guy, you know, his last batch of films are fucking Happy Feet and Bay, Bay yeah. Pig in the City, and yeah. <laughs> it's just mad. It's just crazy. It's crazy, and he's he's like he's he's seventy years old, or he's almost seventy years old, yeah, and he, he brings 70, out this yeah. ridiculously intense like action movie. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was a it very yeah. It was a mate. It was an amazing film, and even just because some of the editing as well, like the way they kind of oh, yeah. slightly sped things up a little bit at times, just yeah. to kind of give it a kind of real sort of crazy energy to it. It yeah. was just. Very good, very and the, good. It's, and the editing, although it's very fast-paced, like the film in general, it's you can follow the the kind of geography of it. You can see what's happening. You kind of really follow the action, whereas yeah. like Transformers and stuff like that, it's just chaos, and you can't tell what the hell's going on half the time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just like the blares on the screen, and at the end of it, somebody survives. Yeah. But on this, yeah, every step of the way, you know exactly what is going on, who's in danger, who's just been hurt, who's been killed. Every, yeah, you know, sort of everything. Um, and I thought, yeah, and obviously, it's, yeah, I mean, this is a lot to kind of be kind of gobsmacked by, you know, on the stage with this film. Um, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. Either. Um, I think um, good on him. Crazy bastard. But it is this sort of like the, one of the most insane, bonkers films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. That feels so, not, I hate the word real, but I'm trying to think of a better word. But it feels, you know, that kind of. It creates the most believable but insane and bonkers world you've ever yeah. seen. If yeah. that you know, it feels like a genuine future apocalypse scenario that could actually play out. Yeah, in in a weird way in that kind. But it's like the most insane version of that mm. he created, and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm into. Yeah, I I I can buy this. And, it's, and everything about it was just brilliant it is one of the best action movies for a long, long time, especially from Hollywood. I mean, I can't think of anything from Hollywood for. <laughs> for decades if ever that's kind of matched that there's still some there's i'm still a big raid man but i was gonna say time, i think it's better than raid it's it's quite a different style of action movie i guess i don't know it's it's probably better than the raid 2 but i'm not sure if it's better than the raid 1 but, um, can you watch raid 2 without watching raid 1 because raid 2 is on netflix and raid 1 isn't you can yeah i mean yeah you, yeah you can 
you'd probably just need to read the description of Raid 1 to understand kind of what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, it is the same character, but it's it's not... They're very different films. They're not linked massively other than just right at the beginning, you kind of knowing that this guy has done something. <laughs> but they, t- they tell you what happened anyway. So no, I, I wouldn't... I won't worry too much, but but I'd try and watch the first one if you can. It's amazing. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. I, I want to, but um, yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, so the the films that we've seen is yeah this past few weeks. Cool. What's coming out? What what have we got to look forward to? Well, we've got to look forward to right in the next two weeks. Um, we have uh on the twenty eighth of May, so pretty soon we've got San Andreas. Yeah, which looks a bit cheesy. We've got on the 29th, uh, we have Danny Collins. Uh, which is the, it's got Al Pacino in it. It's about a, an aging rock star decides to change his life when he discovers a 40-year-old le- letter written to him by John Lennon. Um, we've got Man Up, Simon Pegg and Lake Bell, romantic comedy, looks a bit shit. Uh, results, uh, which is Andrew B- Bujalski's latest. Um, with Guy Pearce, got The Goob, which we reviewed last time. Um, 5th of June, we've got Spy, which has been getting surprisingly really good reviews. I thought oh, the trailer... Really? The trailer looked awful, but everyone's I raving think I about it. I saw the trailer it. tonight, and it looked like one of the worst films yeah. I've ever imagined and seeing. The, the reviews are bizarrely good for it, but I don't know. I'm still very dubious after that trailer. Um, and we've got Insidious Chapter 3, <laughs> uh, Survivor, which is Pierce Brosnan and Mila jo- jo- Jovovich. Jovovich, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Listen Up, Philip, which I know we've got a review in draft form on our sites. That should go up soon. Um, we've got Electric Boogaloo, the wild and told story of Canon Films, which I, I'm going to be reviewing. I've got a link to watch that. I'm really excited about that, actually. Documentary about Canon Films. Uh, and then there's one called Sen- Second Coming um, with Idris Elba, some sort of indie drama that I can remember reading something vaguely about, but I whacked it on the list anyway. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few, nothing, n- no major tentpole ones that uh, interest me yet. But um, as I say, Electric Boogaloo is the one I'm interested in just because... <laughs> Just for the uh, sort of nostalgia uh, factor, watching loads of canon films on there, but it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be really good actually. So I'm quite quite looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so that's about it. Um, cool. in, in terms of site news, um, uh, I've just done. I just posted it a link to it today actually. I, I've uh, I did a sort of guest appearance on the Lambcast again. Uh, uh, this is on their worst movies ever. Yeah, uh, I saw the link to that. What was on it? Give us a give us a preview, Dave. What's um oh oh I mean there was Birdemic Shock and Terror sounded pretty awful. That was on that was on there. Um God, I can't remember. There, there was vinyl, which is an, uh, an Andy Warhol sort of pretentious, shitty sounding sort of film from the sixties. Uh I had Rollerblade Seven on there, which is I just absolutely there's nothing I, I can't think of anything worse than that film. Um, yeah, there's there's all sorts. It's quite a nice mix. There, there were some main, more mainstream ones as well that people were just kind of genuinely disappointed by. There were some kind of personal choices as well. People who have just been subjected. Um, I think Jay's choice. Um, I, I I won't give them all away actually. But Jay's choice was a film that his uh, his girlfriend really loves, and he makes and makes him watch again and again, and he hates it. So there's kind of personal choices on there as well as just. Uh, flat out awful 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 films um so yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a good listen I, I had a listen today and uh yeah quite enjoyed it so check that out um cool. we've also got uh i i'm gonna having i'm going on holiday next week but when i as soon as i come back i'm going straight on a video weekend uh so i'm gonna be posting a weekend of trash soon in the next 
fortnight or so. Um, and also, just in general, we've had a bit of a splurge of new content uh, over the last just a couple of days. Um, there's been a load of new reviews just popped up. Uh, we've got uh, and we've got a link to the uh, podcast that I did, and this will be coming up. And also, we got a, a an interview. Um, I was given an, an interview to post with Franco Lolly. Um, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but the director of, and I'll probably definitely pronounce this wrong because my French is awful if it's French. <laughs> it's uh, Jean de Bien. <laughs> um, yeah, which is a quite a critically acclaimed film that's uh, doing the rounds at, um, at the moment in the art house sort of circuit, or it's about to. And yeah, we got an interview with that director on the site. So um, yeah, check that out. Cool. But, but yeah, that's that's about it. Um, as ever, visit the site, blueprintreview.co.uk. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash bpreview. Uh, follow us at Twitter, at blueprintrev. Um, and if you want to email us with any thoughts or whatever, or if you just want to say hi, <laughs> email us, info at blueprintreview.co.uk. Perfect. Cool. Anything to add? <laughs> um, no, no. Sounds good. And have a good holiday. And when we come back, we'll do another podcast. Yeah. And maybe other people will join us. Yeah. I, I actually, to be fair, I didn't really ask anyone this time because I got fed up with them ignoring me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe next time. I'll try again next time. and I'm sure we'll get rope some people into it. Yeah, perfect. Okay then, mate. Um, speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you later. Bye. Bye. My name is Alex Lyons. I listen to Film Yarn because I'm in the video production industry and it's really hard for me to sometimes just keep a pulse on what's going on in culture. Uh, so I listen to Fredo and Xavier Mendez when I'm on my way to work and on my way home and just get a good pulse about what's going on in the realm of film. Also, I really enjoy the Chronicles. I've never heard of a, a podcast that goes to the theater and then immediately following seeing the movie, hearing what their reaction is, is fresh, is exciting. So I'd recommend really highly listening to Film Yarn and check it out. Find the Film Yarn podcast at filmyarn.com or on iTunes.